I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's just a common practice to lend lend money on extended credit terms, 30 days, 60 days, or 2%, 10 net 30. So there's really just a lot of opportunity because it's a common practice that's a little bit or a lot broken. I am Brendan LaGrange, and for the last 20 or so years, I've been working in lending strategy across the credit life cycle with roles from upfront fraud prevention all the way through to collections. And in developed and developing markets, I think I've delivered projects in about 15 countries spread across three continents, and yet those have always been focused on the consumer. The only time I've come into contact with small business lending is on the very fringes when we've used a business owner's personal credit report to estimate the risk of their new business. So in other words, I've only ever seen half of the picture. Now, I started to address this in episode 25 with Alec Koenig of Settle, where we spoke about how they're using the data from their accounts payable software to offer working capital finance. But there's still so much to learn. So today I'm speaking to Alex Armitage, CEO and founder of Nectarine Credit or taking a slightly different approach to a related problem. Nectarine have built out a marketplace that brings together borrowers and lenders in the vendor finance arena, taking a process that used to take weeks down into one that takes maybe a few hours. Welcome to How to Lend Money to Strangers. Normally, when you look at somebody's LinkedIn profile, you can see the last role or two they've had, and from that, kind of know their story. Clicking the more information button seldom has a twist in the tail. But with your profile, clearly a serial entrepreneur, and we'll talk about that. But when I clicked the more information button, I saw you had a whole separate career earlier as a business reporter. Before we deep dive into Nectarine and all the good work you're doing there, let's start by exploring that background a bit, if you don't mind. Okay. So I've been a, I've been an entrepreneur for really over a decade now. I've had three other companies and was fortunate to have two successful exits. And one of those companies fizzled. But we're in a natural skincare space and had a really interesting little niche market in athletics. So we were making anti-chafing products and uh, natural shoe deodorizers and this kind of thing. And then we built another successful company in the automotive space, also natural products, uh, natural accessories for cars. So a bit of a varied background there. And before all that, I had spent almost a decade as a financial journalist working for Bloomberg and not you know, a thread there that connects all of these, except for the commonality being or a curiosity really and a, and a desire to find answers. So, you know, being, being a journalist, 
really teaches you to be curious about the world. And I spent, you know, as I mentioned, time at Bloomberg and I, and I loved learning. I would say being an entrepreneur teaches you to be curious, but in a slightly different way, right? There has to be a curiosity about problem solving. So the commonality between like my journalism and entrepreneur life is this desire to find answers and, and this problem solving. Yeah, that's a nice way to look at it because I had been thinking, you know, financial journalism into a few other fields and back into finance and assumed it was more of an intentional move back to your roots. But in fact, it's always been about answering those problems. When it came to the inspiration, though, behind Nectarine, what was the driving force behind that? Was that a problem you had experienced in your earlier businesses or where did you find inspiration? Yeah, so great question. We were really scratching our own itch with Nectarine Credit because at previous companies that that we owned and even previous companies that I'd worked for, we had a terrible, terrible time managing the credit process for our clients. And when we went to our suppliers to get credit, their process was also broken. There was just no system or process in place in this small and medium-sized business world. So to give you a bit of background, when manufacturers and distributors are bringing on customers, they ask them to fill out a credit application. That credit application is a very simple document. Typically, it's a you know, PDF or a Word document, but things completely spiral out of control from that point. There's just a lot of back and forth and there's missing and inaccurate data and companies get credit that shouldn't get credit and companies were denied credit that you know, deserved credit. These, these other companies that we had before, we realized it was a problem. But at Nectarine Credit, we've automated this entire vendor credit application process. Yeah, my background is in consumer lending. And the last, I would say, 20 years has been characterized by a drive to get loans out faster, to reduce friction, both to reduce costs and to stop customers from leaving the process midway. And now I'd never really worked with business lending, but I'd always assumed it would be pretty similar on that front. In fact, with the value of the loans at stake, I just expected we'd have some really impressive systems to get those loans going. However, it sounds like it's not necessarily true, at least not for the small and medium businesses. If we were looking at, say, the last decade, what would have been the process that a business would typically have gone through to do vendor financing? So great question, or a couple of questions. So Nectarine Credit is a software platform that basically facilitates the extension of credit between businesses. And it's important to understand that that's a huge market. In, in North America alone, that's a $3 trillion market at any given time. So what that means is there's $3 trillion that is facilitating the seamless flow of goods between buyers and sellers. So that may be these 30-day terms that you see between businesses. Why would a company offer credit in the first place? It really comes down to having a competitive advantage, but it depends on each individual's company's you know, credit policy and business and cash flow goals. Companies have their own risk tolerance and they need to basically evaluate credit worthiness of their clients. So to get to your question on the status quo, so we started out as basically just a workflow tool to help that credit application process, but we're moving more and more towards credit intelligence and credit decisioning. There is an amazing and accurate process in place for large companies. And there's huge software platforms that are facilitating this vendor credit. But when you move it down that scale, you get to the smaller, medium-sized companies. They might not even have a credit department. They might have a CFO and accounts receivable. 
accountant, but they might not have a process in place other than sending PDF and Word documents to a new client. There's faxing banks. I mean, you can just imagine the black hole that a, a fax goes to when you fax Wells Fargo or Bank of America on this side of the pond. There's a lot of back and forth. And typically, a, a manufacturer or distributor is looking to just v- simply verify that a company has a bank account. And that, believe it or not, is a very difficult thing to do, mostly because the process is broken, right? There's an email or faxing process, and the banks just don't answer that. And so it leaves these vendors, manufacturers, and distributors and their clients basically in the lurch, not able to just verify very basic information. And so the status quo is really a mix of fax machines, spreadsheets, unanswered email. Our goal is to help companies review their clients. And we really get back to the basics and teach them through our software platform to just tick the dozen or so boxes to create a system that will help reduce credit risk and that credit approval time and digitizing and automating this entire process. And I think this is where I've maybe got it wrong in my head up till now, because when I think of lending, I naturally think of a borrower going to a lender and a lender being somebody who's got a big pot of capital that they're dishing out in small loans. But actually, vendor finance is manufacturer to wholesaler, corporation to corporation anyway, where they are making terms available to move stock, basically so that the wholesaler has the ability to take on the stock so that they can resell it and then use the money to pay the manufacturer. So the credit is just a way to get the real business done. This is not their speciality. This is not where they want to invest a lot of time and energy. And unless, I guess, they've got huge portfolios of customers, of suppliers, it's not worth their time to really employ people and systems to optimize the lending process. And perhaps that's why it's essentially been left behind. So when I was thinking of a marketplace in the consumer world, it's a way to cut through the confusion. You've got so many suppliers of credit cards that you can have a comparison website where a consumer can see the various offers, the pros and cons next to each other and make a decision. Whereas for you, the marketplace is far more about removing that friction and having that information flow without the normal friction without the normal hoops that vendors have had to jump through in the past. And I mean, anytime you hear the word fax machine in a process, you assume immediately that that process is broken, that it's ripe for disruption. So if we can stick on that disruption for a moment and talk about Nectarine, what does it look like for the participants to interact with you to use this marketplace that you've put in place? Yeah, so... The businesses who are selling the goods and services want better credit intelligence, but those clients may have thin credit files because they're small and medium-sized businesses. And then those clients, they have accurate and positive data that they want to share. So that's what we're facilitating is we're allowing the sellers to get better credit intelligence, and we're allowing those buyers of goods to give up their, their data. This gives them better credit terms. Now, in preparation for this, I did a quick look at your website. Nectarine is about one and a half years old, which would put its founding right in the middle of the first set of lockdowns. So you would have had the craziness of a new business to get off the ground, mixed in with the craziness of COVID. 
and I would assume double COVID really because it would have impacted your demand for credit, but also, as we've heard, it's snarled up supply chains around the world and vendor finance is obviously heavily impacted by the flow of actual goods. But yeah, what was that experience like and how did vendor finance fare through the pandemic? So to go back to an earlier comment that you made and we addressed was the status quo. So I think a lot of the companies that are sending out 5, 10, maybe 25 credit applications per month via, you know, like a PDF or a Word document, they might previously have been just accepting of the status quo and saying, this is how we're, we've always done business. This is how we'll always do business. But of course, COVID really forced a lot of companies to add technology that they may not have added. We've basically been riding that wave, right? Like we've helped companies set up credit policies digitally to sign applications digitally. And you know, we're allowing companies to review and approve and reject credit all digitally. Some of these things uh, were really a manual process before. Quite a few of our companies that we're doing business with now previously received mailed, paper mailed applications, and they would, and the CFO would then make a credit decision and physically walk over to the accountant and say, give this person X dollars in credit. So there has been a change for sure. COVID has, I think, awakened companies to. Uh, a digital future. And, you know, at Nectarine Credit, what we're doing is creating an ecosystem where we can connect these buyers and sellers and help automate this process for them. Yeah. And I've seen some of your customer references talking about processes that took weeks that are now down to minutes. So yeah, really dramatic shifts. And I guess shifts that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for someone like you, with this all being incidental to the majority of the business going on. And just to make sure that I've got this right, you aren't making the decisions, correct? You're simply helping the borrower and the lender get together and share useful information in convenient ways. You're still leaving it entirely up to the two parties to agree to terms, or are you able to provide some scores, some kind of easy summary of the data? Yeah, great question. So we we started out as a workflow tool to basically help that credit application process. But we're moving more and more towards credit intelligence and credit decisioning. We have dozens of third-party data providers that are helping contribute to our platform. For example, we're connected to more than 10,000 banks to make bank verifications fast and seamless. And we have what's called a permission-based system. You know, open banking and fintech has helped really jumpstart this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
So that data, that bank verification data, vendor payment history, we are moving that data into AI, if you will, and algorithms to create our own score. We're not quite where we need to be yet for that. We're, as you mentioned, we're just a year and a bit old. So as our data gets richer, we're definitely moving in that direction and our clients are asking for it. That might be my credit bureau bias coming through, but that's a great secondary benefit of being in the position you're in. You facilitated the free flow of data between dispersed parties, but sitting in the middle, you can start to build up a bird's eye view of the market and eventually turn that into something like a score, something like a credit report on these different businesses. You're listening to How to Lend Money to Strangers with Brendan LaGrange. If you're enjoying it, now is a great time to hit that little plus button to subscribe. Let's get back to the show. Now, before we started recording, you were chatting and saying you were a dual American and Canadian citizen. You've also launched Nectarine, it seems, as a dual Canadian and American business with your base being in Canada, but a lot of your business being across the border. What's it like to operate across two different national regulatory systems to national markets, which is a scenario that would make most lenders a little bit nervous? Especially from a technology standpoint, I think there's always that eye towards the US because it's a bigger market. We're talking about you know 330-something million people in the US and from the US originally, but living in Canada For us, we're targeting markets and industries rather than geographies. And so we're not just focused on the US or just on Canada. We're really focused on specific industries that do cross the border. And one of the things that Nectarine Credit has done is we've created an established procedure. On some level, it doesn't really matter that it's a US company or a Canadian company. CFOs, you know, controllers and treasurers at companies or companies that don't even have those are really looking for a credit policy, and we're helping facilitate that. And it's really about consistently having a process in place for for the credit application, credit decisioning, and reducing credit risk. One thing I'd like to loop back to is this idea of creating the data that was needed in the market. So this is the second interview I'm doing on SME lending after Alec at Settle making it two out of two fintechs that are creating tools to help their customers in their business directly, but also generating data in the background that can enable finance. This is data that has always existed, has always been desired, but it's just not been in a form or a location that was easy to get out and transfer and interpret again. And we've spoken about what that means for the lending, but I think it also underlines how useful data can be in the broader open banking, open data context. And I think that's something that could be fed back to the consumer world. You and Settle and other businesses are just showing that if you can solve another problem and you solve it well in a digital way, it naturally produces data. And so if you can tell more about the customer, you can tell more about their risk. Maybe you'll be doing it for marketing, maybe you're doing it for a slightly different context, but If you can solve a customer's problem in the digital world, you can also learn more about them and that knowledge becomes immediately valuable in its own right. You've actually brought up the future of Nectarine Credit. So let's go back to something we spoke about earlier. So remember that $3 trillion number, right? So there's $3 trillion that's being lent between companies at any given time in North America. So 
that lending is initiated by a manual process and that PDF and Word document back and forth. And then these documents just disappearing. So there's really so much opportunity for us and, and other companies in this space. There's so much for us to add value here. And so we're collecting data to help those buyers and sellers of goods. We have a build, a buy, and a partner strategy. And as I mentioned, we have dozens of third-party data providers already on our platform. And so if somebody has data that can help facilitate this process, we're always interested in chatting. We can be found on our website, nectarinecredit.com. We have a very active blog and on LinkedIn. We have a lot of uh, good followers and feedback on, on LinkedIn. We want our platform to be rich, better, and more efficient for, for all parties. Because as I mentioned earlier, right, everybody wants more data. The, the seller of goods wants better data on that buyer. And the buyer says, we've got good data. Let me show it to you. But there's nowhere for, for them to do that. We're helping and we're doing that through you know, these connections to the banks, the open banking. As one of your other podcasts mentioned, I don't love the term alternative data because it's really just new data. So imagine a small company that's denied credit because its supplier has a very conservative or risk-averse credit policy. That's fine. But, but maybe we can help. Maybe Nectarine Credit can, can come in and offer loan to that buyer of goods because we have the data that shows that that buyer can repay that loan. Maybe Nectarine Credit can, can come in and offer trade credit insurance to the supplier and beef up their credit game. A lot of these companies out there have just been ignored for so long. They, you know, they have historically had very thin credit files, but we can help facilitate that lending process. As I mentioned before, we're building credit files on companies, and eventually we'll have very, very accurate reporting and scoring data. It's already being done, but that process is broken, not just in North America, but globally. So we're reducing credit approval time. And the most important thing is we're reducing credit risk. And reducing credit risk makes an ecosystem healthy. There's really a bright future for this whole sector. It's been great having you on the show, Alex. Thank you so much for that. I look forward to watching Nectarine grow in the future. And as I said, I think this is a space where credit can do a lot of good. And thank you for listening. This has been How to Lend Money to Strangers with Brendan LaGrange written, recorded, and produced just outside of Maidstone, England. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to rate and subscribe on your platform of choice and to share it wide on LinkedIn. While you're there, send me a connection request. You can find show notes, full written transcripts, and more material at www.howtolendmoneytostrangers.show and you can hear me again next Thursday. Hi, it's me again. I have a pile of my books sitting here that I'd like to ship off before I have to move house again. And at the same time, I'm interested in learning a little bit more about my listeners. So if you would like a copy of Draken or Butterfly Hill and you don't mind sharing your address, drop me an email. It's brendan at howtolendmoneytostrangers.show and I'll send one over. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 